you know, we didn't plant this church. I changed my phrase. When I was starting off, had a lot of pride in my heart, right? I'm planting living hope. And throughout the years, the Lord was like, you didn't plant anything. Mm-hmm. You just got to be a part of something that I did. And when you start to get that mindset, and then you can preach and lead your people and your deacons and your leadership structure, your elders, and say, we're just stewards. One day we're going to be before the Lord and give an account. Let's be wise in this endeavor, and let's be about multiplication. And you'll get some pushback. Some people are like, we want our youth pastor to stay for 20 years. I promise you, you don't want him when he's 50. You know what I mean? <laughs> you don't. You know, the genes yeah, don't fit just the same. He's not, you know? ne- he's not near as good at lock-ins when he's 50. So, That's exactly yeah. right. Oh you know, so you just start to, um, you know, it starts with you as the leader. <laughs> It really, really does. You're listening to the Send Columbus podcast, a conversation for developing strategies and sharing stories as we plant churches everywhere for everyone. Your hosts are Send City missionary Chad Grigsby and church planting catalyst Jason Phillips. Welcome back to the Send Columbus podcast. This is Jason Phillips, your Columbus CPC. I'm joined by the Charles Grigsby. Nice to see you, Jason. Yeah, J. Phil. Okay. <laughs> I just have no work? other alternative name for you. Yeah, people so. uh, in college sometimes <laughs> called me J. Phil. J. Philly. 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 Philly sometimes. Hey, Philly. Yeah. Good to be with you. Yeah, good to be with you too, Charles. Yeah. And we're, we have a special, yes. very special a guest A fellow sov- Southerner. I'm not a Southerner. Right. So, yeah. Jeremy, mm-hmm. you're from the South. Jeremy Westbrook mm-hmm. from the South. Memphis, Tennessee. Memphis, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the new executive director hyphen treasurer very oh. important very important word i didn't realize you had that extra <laughs> very important word yeah. yes yes cool. yes what's up yes. what's up with that what's up with the hyphen the hyphen means that you think you're doing this but you also get to do that <laughs> that's exactly what the usually hyphen means. usually they just put at the end of the job description like anything else yes. you want yeah so. you know it's funny this morning i was up early working on a job description and i put in there Anything else the executive director hyphen treasurer needs <laughs> you to do. Yeah, look, the, so, good, the good news is this. Awesome. If you have a hyphen, everybody else that's has a hyphen. Exactly so it kind of right. works, doesn't it? That's so good. So being from the South, you, you moved from Florida to Ohio. Why? <laughs> Why would you do that to yourself? You know, it's amazing. Uh, my movers who showed up to my house in Florida, he said, hey, am I reading this right? <laughs> I said, yeah, and that just started a trail of questions for days. Um, yeah. And then I had neighbors show up to my house, and they said, are, are, hey, are, we saw Florida plates on your car. And I said, yeah, yeah, I, we, yeah, I, that's ours. And I, <laughs> oh, yeah, well, I, I thought maybe your parents were in town visiting. <laughs> I said, nope, we just love the Lord, and we just moved here, and we're half crazy. You know, yeah, so, yeah. Um, yeah, it's been a journey. Number one question I've gotten in seven weeks why so mm. great gospel opportunity it is and, isn't uh, it so yeah yeah we were talking about i think uh this last winter for me was a little bit difficult uh but you said you'd been here five days the first time you moved up here which we'll talk about in a minute yeah and it dropped how much snow over two foot of snow <laughs> yeah which i've lived here state. for almost 20 years and i think that's happened like maybe twice yeah so that's yeah. really really unlucky but that is kind of soul crushing that if you're a southerner yeah. Yeah. like we were just talking about at christmas we're like 
you know, you were, you were, it's hard to sing dashing through the snow where you were in Florida. It's like more like dashing through the sand. You know, you were, you were sweating to death on Christmas day. So, so when you come into an environment like this and you don't own a snow shovel or snow boots or a heavy jacket or a heavy coat, Mm -hmm. like you have to buy those things. Yeah. That would have been great to know before 2008 (laughs) when we moved here to plant the church called living hope. Um, and, um, our fifth day, uh, record like uh, two foot drop. They said it was mm. the worst snow drop since like the seventies. And I was like, "Wow, welcome!" You know, and moving from Memphis, Tennessee, no snow boots, no snow shovels. Not really on the Walmart aisle here in Cordova. <laughs> it's you not. Know? And yeah, so, not, yeah, uh, we put uh, a church planner story. We put uh, uh, Walmart sacks on my son's feet. Oh my so gosh. I used to coach church planners. If you need to raise funds. Just go out there and put Walmart sacks on your kids' feet and yeah. then blog about it, you know, yeah. and you'll get money in the mail, you know. That's awesome. Maybe, maybe it's good that it happened five days in because you were still really affirmed in your calling to come here. Yeah. Instead of happening like a year later, and you're like, God, are you sure this yeah, is Yeah, Lord, are you sure? You're pretty yeah. confident. You don't really know my thoughts that day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the missions pastor from my sponsored church at Dublin he called me on the phone and said, are you, are you still unpacking? And I was like, we've, we've paused right now. <laughs> we've paused today. Oh, we've paused yeah. today. No, but it was, yeah, that whole few months process really did crystallize. You know, I had some conversations those coming weeks. Lord, did you really call us here? And looking back, it was the best thing that happened to us. Mm, that's good. And well, I got a snow shovel. Yes. That's, that's definitely needed. When our Andrew, who is our new student pastor at LifePoint, he, when he moved here, we gifted him a snow shovel mm-hmm. because he's from Arizona. So it was very necessary. No one did that for me. Yeah. <laughs> and I have family here. They were very wow. unhelpful. Yeah. Wow. You don't even really work here. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah. You did it first. Thank though, you. In fairness. Yeah, but, I did. Uh, we, you kind of already shared a little bit about it, your story, but kind of give us a little bit more background of um, kind of what you've done before you um, took on the executive director yeah, I was a planter here. My family and I moved uh, in 2008 to plant a church called Living Hope in Marysville. And we we're here for nine years, maybe, mm. um, and uh, served in different roles in our denomination, state convention life, and uh, and then national denominational life. And uh, in 2015, I served as vice president of the SBC Pastors Conference, a guy named Willie Rice, served as president in Clearwater, Florida, and we just became really good friends. And uh, we kept seeing each other at different meetings around the country. And finally, he just said, hey, we have a vision. Our church is turning 150 years old in 2016, and we have a vision to plant 150 churches in 10 years. Mm. And I think you need to come help me be a part of that mm. and, uh, and help make that thing go. And, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting when you, you know, fly a guy down to consult and invite him to, you know, lunch on the water, you know. It's like, it's kind of hard to <laughs> objectively think right. through that. Yeah. But uh, but I had just never heard of a local church with that kind of multiplication vision and mm. uh, just loved Willie as a leader, and I loved the vision. And it's hard to leave here because uh, I, I had served as president in 2016 of our state convention here, and we had had a historic run to shift a 50-50 CP split. But um, and there were so many great things happening with the church and with our state. But I knew the Lord was calling me to that, and it was providential. We've been there for the past almost five years, serving as the senior associate pastor at Calvary, overseeing that global vision, um, uh, beginning a multiplication pipeline, working with the IMB and NAM, collaborating, and also had began a new position as the director of missions, AMS, for our association there uh, called Suncoast, there in the uh, Clearwater area. So. 
I actually worked both roles for several years. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I knew that uh, if there was one thing that the Lord, s- several committees came calling, uh, it's, it's providential, beginning of the year, I had three calls from three different committees in nine days. Mm. Wow. And I told Jennifer, I said, I, I'm not the you know, sharpest tool in the shed, but I think something's happening in our life, and I don't know what it is. And one of those calls was from this search committee here for Ohio. And um, I was honored and flattered by the other committees and churches, great churches, to go be the senior pastor of. But I knew if there was one one opportunity that could probably pull me out of Florida, I think it was this. And, and the providence of God coming back to the great state of Ohio, coming back home to me to lead our great state um, was something that was compelling and convictional and uh, I think a clear kind of call from the Lord. And so that's what led us out of Florida back here to the great state of Ohio. All right. Um, what what was the big thing that made you so interested in taking the position, the executive director role? Yeah. I think what I saw in 2016 as president, I saw uh, a movement. I saw a, a network birthed in this state of pastors who want to see um, change, multiplication, greater advancement of the Great Commission here in Ohio. And I just fell in love with the pastors of the state and their desire for uh, to see the Great Commission advanced here. Mm. I just did. And uh, I thought of them often. Um, you know, even though I was in Florida, uh, I would often get emails, calls, text messages from pastors here, leaders here, uh, staying in touch, staying connected. And in some ways, as, as deeply as, as much as I loved Florida, the Florida Baptist Convention, Calvary Church, our association, I <laughs> love it very much. Uh, my heart never left Ohio. And uh, this process with the committee this year confirmed that my heart never left here. Mm. And uh, and that's what brought me back. And that's what I'll pray I'll remember in February when there's <laughs> <laughs> no sun in the sky, yeah. no palm trees, and yeah, I'm freezing to death. You can go back to Florida and visit. You're, you're, just a, you're a short plane ride away. Columbus it's a has hour, 50-minute flight. See, see what I mean? Non-stop it's direct. Yeah, 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 you're, you're good, man. Back. So i got you're a great good. church, great families come there on. that have said, hey, come home whenever you want. Yeah, use those and, guest uh, rooms. Pastor really did make me a promise. He said, we'll call you in January to come preach. So, <laughs> That's cool. Pastor, if you're listening, I'm, I'm, I'm remembering. <laughs> He's not. I'm He's not listening. Yeah. He doesn't <laughs> so listen. So, really, was, did, he, did, he, did he talk at the convention this year? Really? He actually delivered the annual sermon to SBC in Nashville. Okay, yeah. That's what I thought. Because yeah. I'm not like, I'm pretty new to the SBC world, but mm-hmm. I thought that name sounded familiar. It yeah. was really good. Yeah, so, very yeah. I would definitely message. want to go down to Florida yeah. if it yeah. was Florida and he was there too. I yeah. Feel like I would be so you'd go to Florida to preach? <laughs> not to preach. <laughs> Jason yeah. is not the preaching I'm type. I'm not the so. preacher. Trying yeah. to trying to encourage him in Here's that area. Pray for Jay Philly that the Lord would. <laughs> What's funny is we used to talk about this. When I was growing up, it was you're called to preach. There was no yeah. call to ministry. Like you're called to preach. Yep. You know, so it's so it's kind of yeah. We've had this conversation yeah. a lot where I'm yeah. like, I'm not a preacher. <laughs> yeah. I'll be yeah. pastor. Yeah. I'll be uh, ministry. I'm all yeah. good. That you have that. a lot of other great gifts, by the way. Thank you. So, I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> and you helped plant with uh, one of our favorite church yeah. planters too, Aaron Taylor. Mm-hmm. I sure yeah. did. I sure did. Yeah. I um, actually I hired Aaron to plant him. That's okay. cool. He was part of a vision shift for our young plant. Um, you know, often when you know when you're planting, there's a, everybody wants to go reach the outsider and get people. But the longer you go, you know this as as a planter, you just, just the the lean starts to that gravitational pull to the inside, and um, and so we just wanted to continue to think about multiplying outside. Yeah. 
and even how we staffed our, our, our team at Living Hope. And um, when, when we hired Aaron, it was the vi- we had a vision to, within three or four years, to send him. And so that was a process, getting our people at the church to understand that, you know, the average youth pastor stays maybe 18 months, if that. Yeah. We're going to give you twice as long as that, and we're going to send him and people with him. And so that was a great shift for our church to make uh-huh. that, you know, intentional sending mindset. And so right before I left, we were getting ready to, to plant and launch. I think like 10% of our fellowship went with him. And uh, I was just a... Aaron's just an incredible servant, great leader, great multiplier. Uh-huh. Um, so, um, yeah, that was part of our – him coming to Living Hope really helped kind of, you know, crystallize that sending component for our church plant. How do you make that shift? Like, what are the top two things as a pastor? You're going to make a shift toward <clears throat> sending, multiplying. Yeah. How do you make that? Yeah. Work? Well, you have to the, – the Lord has to work on your heart to realize it's not about your kingdom. Mm. It's his. And uh, and they're not really your people; they're his. Yeah. And at the end of the day, nothing belongs to us. Mm. Every every beat of our heart, every breath that we take is a gift from God. Mm. Uh, We're just renting. You are. You're a <laughs> steward. You yeah. know. It's the I, I see my position right now as I s- saw my position at Living Hope or wherever I'm at is you're a steward. That's all you are. You're a steward. And uh, when you lead by example and you show your people. You know, we didn't plant this church. I changed my phrase. When I was starting off, I had a lot of pride in my heart, right? I'm planting living hope. And throughout the years, the Lord was like, you didn't plant anything. Mm-hmm. You just got to be a part of something that I did. And when you start to get that mindset, and then you can preach and lead your people and your deacons and your leadership structure, your elders, and say, we're just stewards. One day we're going to be before the Lord and give an account. Let's be wise in this endeavor. And let's be about multiplication. And you'll get some pushback. Some people are like, we want our youth pastor to stay for 20 years. I promise you, you don't want him when he's 50. You know what I mean? <laughs> you don't. You know, the genes yeah, don't fit just the same. He's not, you know? ne- he's not near as good at lock-ins when he's 50. So, That's exactly yeah. right. Oh you know, so you just start to, um, you know, it starts with you as the leader. It really, really does. Yeah. And, uh, and then as the Lord does the work in you and humbles you and reminds you it's not your kingdom, it's his, and then your people hear that in the preaching and then how you hire the staff, how you set the budget to say, we're going to be intentional. It's like it's like your quiet time. It's like dating your wife. you got to be intentional. Mm-hmm. It's not just going to happen. You can't just read a book and go, oh, I want to send my best. That doesn't work. The Lord has to do a deep work in your heart. and Then he'll do that through you. And so I would say that for us was key. And then practically fleshing out to your leaders of the church, would you rather have a guy for 18 months or 36 months? I'll give you a guy twice as long as you're used to, and we're going to send people out with him to take our DNA and plant it into the city and to reach more people for Jesus. And people go, okay, I can get behind that. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and so that's just kind of what we did. Yeah. And, uh, kind of our heart. So we sat down for lunch back in 08 or 07. 07. And you threw out the possibility of me joining your team for the church plant. So I was, you rejected me. I was I, well. I, I was. It's probably for the best. Uh, yeah, you 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 really dodged a bullet there. Yeah. But I was almost in Ohio and uh, fourteen years previously. But but I was pastoring a small church there and trying to see the Lord do that. And and I was really honored that that you 
you ask, and I probably really should have done that. But I, uh, God but brought I, you here eventually. Yeah, anyway. but I yeah, stayed. I, cool. I stayed and closed that church house pastor. <laughs> yeah, so it didn't work out so well. But I, I've been compelled. One of the reasons I'm here in Ohio is um, have connections here um, through family. But the opportunity, man, is just. Enormous. Like there's, what, 12 million people in the state? 10 Just million? north of that. We're okay. the seventh largest state in America pop- population. unreal, right? Yes. So That's I came crazy. from Arkansas where there were 3 million in the state. There's there's 2.2 million in Columbus alone. Right. So you start talking to people like we have a vision tour uh, coming up. Okay. And uh, uh, by the time I guess this podcast airs, it'll, it'll be over with. But, but, <laughs> but, but, but you tried to talk to people about coming to partner with Columbus yeah. And there's three million people in their state. And there's two point two in our city. There's a little bit of like their mind is blown a little bit. Yeah. But that's one of the reasons why I'm here is the opportunity. And and so we we talk about Sin Network, planting churches everywhere for everyone. We have this new initiative, Sin Network Ohio. Yeah. Um, great opportunity. What is that? What's that going to mean? What's that going to look like? What's what's the big shift and difference with Sin Network Ohio? Yeah, we're only one of two states in the SBC that has three send cities. Yeah. Which is phenomenal. Yes. But even at that, uh, the new agreement, you know, one of the first things in coming to Ohio is I wanted to send a new message. It's a new day in our state. And that we weren't just about planting churches in the three big cities. There's a lot to Ohio besides the three cities. Unbelievable. Yeah. Um, and when you drive it, you know, you see that and you mm-hmm. feel that. Mm-hmm. And in, in 2016, when I was president, I drove the state a lot, meeting with pastors all across. And I was just blown away at the population and the kingdom opportunities outside of the big cities. Yes. And so one of the first things we want to do is to send a message of Send Network Ohio and sign an agreement with North American Mission Board say we're going to plant churches everywhere in Ohio for everyone in Ohio. Mm-hmm. And now that means, because some of the pushback I'd always heard for years is, well, they only care about the cities. What about the guy in small town Americana? Mm-hmm. What about the guy outside of that? Well, now under this agreement, a planter in a small town, not in a sin city, gets the access to the same planter care, planter support, orientation, finance, resourcing, all those things. Mm-hmm. So now... No one can say that they don't have support. Everyone can now have access to the assessment, the care, the, the all training, training, coaching, coaching yeah. networking, mm-hmm. all of those things. Yeah. Uh, so we truly are sending a message. We're planting churches everywhere in Ohio for everyone in Ohio. And while we l- still love our three sin cities, we're now saying we're in every city, every community in the state. And I think that is an exciting new message. I can't wait to share in November at our annual meeting uh, on the 16th of November, just to say, you know, we're, we're going everywhere. And so if you feel a call to plant, come get assessed and let's get you into the pipeline. Let's get you into the system and let's help plant you into our state. Um, Because if we are truly going to push back darkness in the state of Ohio uh, and not just be relevant every four years during a political election. Mm. Uh, we're going to have to plant churches everywhere for everyone. And this agreement pushes us way down the field toward that vision. Yeah, it's exciting. Really exciting. I was just thinking of how we, uh, when I came on in this role, Buzz Coker also started um, a new role as CPC. <coughs> he started getting into those little towns. And that dude took like four people to assessment just 
this past time. Yeah. Like yeah. there's yeah. just so much uncultivated yeah. potential yeah. in those smaller towns that yes. I mean we need church plants. In. I can't I wait to down. meet him. He just emailed me yesterday. He said, yeah. hey, "Come by." It's the name Buzz. It's just a cool name. Yeah. No yeah. Hey, name, keep keep the name Buzz Coker in mind because one day he'll have all of our jobs. Yeah, That's how will. amazing <laughs> Buzz Buzz is just killing it. He's doing yeah, a great job. I've been amazed too. So last night we were in Ashley, Ohio, for baseball. Oh yeah, and uh, I'll tell you what, man. I I thought rednecks were only in the South. I've learned that redneck is a state of mind. You know what I mean? It has no geographical. Well, my family, Leah's family, is from Chillicothe, and let me yeah. tell you, it's I'm, yeah. I'm telling you, it is yes. strong. It is strong yes. in some of these communities. But so it just amazes me yeah. as you talked about Ohio. We do have urban centers. We do have metropolitan areas. But, dude, there are some amazing rural areas where it's just virtually untouched. Yeah. And I remember when I came from a state like Arkansas where I think there were, in our association, there were like 42 churches where we planted. And, you know, there's there's just so many fewer churches here. Sure. Um, and, and the opportunity is great. I think in Arkansas, we had 1,500 churches in the state of 3 million. There's 750 SBC churches in our state of yeah. 12 million. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So you just think about the difference here. So. Every community in Ohio of 5,000 people could have a church plant. That's right. I mean. You know, I love the phrase, God God likes to do big things in small places. Mm-hmm. You know, look at Bethlehem. You know, and uh, when we went to plant in Marysville in 2007, my wife and I flew up from Memphis and to do a vision tour. There was really there's no vision tour. It was just me and some <laughs> pastors from Dublin driving out there with uh, our director of missions, Rich Halcom, and yeah. Um, and we just kept driving and driving and like saw nothing but fields. Mm. And I looked over and I said, Hey, there's gotta be people for us to plant a church. <laughs> you know <laughs> what I mean? Like I'm all about cornfields, yeah. but I need people. Corn doesn't need Jesus. Corn doesn't need, time that's time. Right. <laughs> people need Jesus, not corn. Right. Um, and then all of a sudden, boom, here's this exit with Marysville and they were building the first Starbucks and they were building the first Walgreens. Um, and I had a Walmart and Okay, we're in, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah. Coming from a big city like Memphis to a small town like Marysville was completely out of my comfort zone. Mm. I love big city. I love culture, context. I love, I like that. I'm not a small town kind of guy. But God just shaped our heart and just showed me that in my human wisdom, I couldn't understand this, but in his infinite wisdom, he had a plan. And I just had to be a part of it. And God just did an incredible thing in that small town of 20, 25,000 people. It's funny, my wife and I still laugh. We did a CTV back in 2014, 2015, and Living Hope was always on the tour, and and uh, and Dean folks would always say, and now we're going to give you a taste of small-town Americana. <laughs> you yeah. know, yeah. And that's what we were. We were small-town Americana. Yeah. Um, but I, it's, it's incredible that what God did in that small town. And so I think that's why, too, it means a lot to me. Because mm-hmm. I remember being a planter in a small town, yeah. and, uh, and I saw what God did. Yes. And um, and so we need to be mindful of the big city. Mm-hmm. We need to be mindful of the small town. Absolutely. Because that really is Ohio. Mm. We planted in 10,000, so very similar. You know. I was on that vision tour. It was 2015. Was it? It was the fall of 2015. I was on that vision tour. I remember going out to Living Hope. So it was pretty cool. Oh, wow. I had just joined the state convention staff in Arkansas, and we Still came up. Out. Yeah. I think it was just after the, the annual convention big convention was here right when was the big yeah 2015 of june was the sbc in columbus yeah so we came yeah we came the fall after but anyway i remember that member visiting your your building and all that it's really cool yeah 
Well, to close out our time, why don't you just share with us in this new role, what is your big hope for uh, the state of Ohio and our SBC churches? Yeah. I think Dietrich Bonhoeffer is the one who said, the truly righteous man or the truly righteous woman is the one who gives his or her life for the next generation. Hmm. And so for me, it is about seeing the next generation called out and raised up and sent on mission to make disciples and to plant churches. Um, you know, and for me, it's part of our vision coming here is to see multiplication pipelines throughout our state. Mm-hmm. I've seen what a pipeline can do with a church. It can literally change the DNA from the inside out. Um, we started a pipeline in Marysville at Living Hope. I didn't really know what, what to call it. We were just starting something. Um, and it, it began to transform our church plant in Marysville. Started a pipeline at Calvary in Florida, and it really just transformed our church there, our leaders, and how we did everything. Um, and a, a multiplication pipeline works well in a small church and a large church. It works well in any church because it's the, yeah. it's the scriptures. <laughs> yeah, It's, it's yeah. really going back to discovering the method of Jesus of making disciples. Mm-hmm. We make disciples. And so part of my vision for our state is to see multiplication pipelines in, in every church and with an intentional focus of calling out the called. Um, you know, we hear that so much from our national leaders over the past two to three years. We need more missionaries. We need more planters. Um, but, you know, the scriptures tell us to make disciples. Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't say go plant churches. It says right. go make disciples. Right. And if you put multiplication pipelines in your churches, that are making disciples, there's gospel sharing, there's disciple making. Uh, then in the end, a church, you know, in the West, we get things so backwards. In the West, we say, well, plant a church, and then you'll go make disciples, and then you'll engage the city. Mm-hmm. But in scriptures and Acts, it doesn't say that. It says engage the city, make disciples, and then a church is planted as a result. And I think there's a reason in many ways the kingdom is flourishing and many parts around the world because they have that right. Yeah, and yeah. I think multiplication pipelines help us kind of. Um, you're going to hear this phrase coming out in the coming weeks and months as kind of a vision for our state is inviting churches to rediscover gospel multiplication, mm. to go back to the heart of what Jesus said and did and modeled in the Gospels and the Book of Acts for how we make disciples and plant churches. And I think pipelines are a critical component. So I'm, I'm thrilled and excited that we get to partner and help churches, large and small, um, begin to implement this vision. Because I feel like if we had churches with multiplication pipelines focus on gospel sharing, disciple making, it's a game changer. Yeah, no doubt. It's a game changer for um, going out and engaging the local communities in context of, of, of our churches. So um, I'm very, very excited about the coming months and years of, of dripping that vision through our state. Yeah, we we have a same value at Sin Network as multiplication, and yeah. so we've we've tried to kind of make that shift through residencies and mm-hmm. which are multiplication yep. pipelines of just raising up people from within yeah. to send out. So, man, super excited about that. Really glad you're here. Uh, thanks for giving us some of your time today. I know you've been on the ground like two months, and you've been pulled at in every direction for people for your time so the fact that you would give us some of your time means a lot to us and we look forward to working with you more in the future thanks for the honor appreciate it thanks for checking out today's episode don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcast and remember every church is a multiplying church in the making